sing a strong niggin to start the day. Let's get right into it. <clears throat> we are uh, in the middle of a very, very passionate piece. A very, uh, a very, I, w- I would call it even a Kabbalistic piece read by the by the by the PSS Nerebbe in his diary in Sab Viziras. And what we've spoke about, like we like we mentioned last week, that many of these last teachings in this in this uh, Sefer Sab Viziras, they're not really. Torahs, they're more just these emotional outbursts of the tzaddik. And luckily, we have this amazing privilege of, of getting a feeling of what the Rebbe was feeling and, and who the Rebbe was in these years. Again, nineteen. this is 1934, I believe. Uh, actually, no, this is a new... Oh, not sure. I'm not sure what year it is. But this entire piece that we're learning right now is one big tefillah. And something that we've seen when the Rebbe inserts a tefillah, is that he keeps on going back and forth from address. You're not even sure who he's addressing. So you got to stick with every single line, one after the other. I'm still wondering, and I, I hope one of the mumchim can help me understand if the Rebbe intended um, for any of us to see these diary entries. And if, and if he did, did he, did he think that any of us could actually follow what he was saying? So it's very hard, because it's very hard to know who exactly who he, he was addressing. And last week, last time we learned, he was beginning to express, you know, the impossible, the impossible of of Ahala Hashem bechayai, Azamra lelokai beodi, Ahala Hashem bechayai, I'll sing to Hashem in my life, as long as I'm alive. But what does life really mean? And all those very esoteric questions v'chule. Today we're going to see how he takes this to the next level. 
So if you have the Sefer, um, the first page that you have should be Shin, the bottom of Shin Nun Gimel. If you could open that up, the bottom of Shin Nun Gimel. And over here, this is, this is coming right after the Rebbe was, was uh, basically saying that I'm going to glorify you, I'm going to invest my, my, myself totally in you. I'm dedicating to you the parts of me that I don't even know. I'm going to sing to you, with the last drop of my being. And uh, I, I know that there's so much more to meet the eye. There's so much more. Um, but, I, but I can't even find the words as to how much my longing to serve you uh, is right there all the time. So that sounds like a pretty developed individual talking like that. But now the Rebbe is going back and he's talking to himself. And he's talking to himself for a few moments in a, in a, in a pretty hard way. Look what he says here. This is the bottom paragraph. Lama ze tidme nishmasi krova selokai. The Rebbe is saying over here, why do I deceive myself? Like, like tachlis, for real. Why would I, why am I deceiving my soul that I'm, that I'm karov, that I'm close to my God? Now, why does he think he's deceiving himself? Because of the following fact. Now, this is connected very much to what we learned in Tanya this morning. The Alter Rebbe also addressed this morning that it should be that when a person does a mitzvah, when a person says a bracha, when a person says the words, Asher that you have sanctified me, Hashem, you are sanctifying me. What should be? What should be is that I should melt, or I should feel a fire, I should feel some kind of a heavy boom going on inside, and I don't. And that was this morning's concept of what galus means. To being galut means is that exactly that, that I don't feel what's actually happening to my soul. Because that's really what's happening to my neshama when I engage in Torah and mitzvahs. So the Rebbe is saying over here, what am I deceiving myself, this closeness that I, I, I want to be so close and I'm willing to do everything and anything. I'm it, it seems to me like I'm deceiving. Lama ze tid menishmasi, right? Why? Lama ze lahava lahav kodesh is goofy eno moked. Meaning if I was really close to Hashem, then wouldn't my entire physical being just become a lahav kodesh? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be set on fire if I was really close to God? Next page, Shinun Dalit. Could it be that even my soul and the soul of my soul are are nivgimu? God forbid that they they've become blemished by the mere fact of that I'm put into a physical body. You see, in Lubavitch, we like to always learn that the reason we came down here was was so that we can make this world more beautiful. Now that's just not Lubavitch. That's that's everything. But here the Rebbe is addressing a, a, a concern that he has. He says, does the mere fact that I, my soul was put into this world in a physical form, could it be, God forbid, that it was nifgam, it was blemished? Because why is he nervous that maybe he become, he became blemished inside? Because he doesn't see himself 
becoming this pillar of fire every time he speaks about his Ratzon to be close to Hashem. So he's wondering, am I just deceiving myself or not? And he continues, Ki madua gush afar sinai be'esh ha'ashamayim ba'ar u'ba'ashan Hashem az nit'abek. This is amazing. He's saying, look at Har Sinai. What was Har Sinai all about? Har Sinai was a physical, a physical place. It was a clump of dirt that was basically set on fire by the smoke of Hashem. Once, you know, once Matan, what, what, what was Har Sinai? So if Har Sinai, if, if a mountain of dust, of, of, of stones, becomes a fireball, how could it be that a human being, me, I'm not becoming a fireball, like Har Sinai became a fireball as well? Lech, he doesn't understand. How, how can it be? Behen. And, and, and if I really, really, really want to become close to Hashem, then how could it be that my, my, uh, the Kedusha in me, which is higher than, 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 than angels, how come I haven't become a chariot? How come I haven't completely transformed? What is it saying about my, my status, right? It's amazing, Chavra. I'm thinking about this and like, you know, how many times do we have to check in during the day to make sure that we haven't, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is, that we haven't lost it or that we're still, you know, we're, we're, we're still okay. It seems like it happens like so many times during the day that I have to recheck in and, and, and remind myself I'm an Eved Hashem, this is what I want, this is the life that I want, v'chuleh. And the Rebbe is saying, I don't understand. I, I Most of the day I do feel like this. And my question is, how come I haven't, not, not blown up and chas v'shalom expired, but how come I haven't yet transformed it to like a Har Sinai? If dirt became a mountain of fire, then how come I'm not a mountain of fire? That's what he's asking. And then he says, Eima tefachadeni. I'm, 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 I'm freaked out. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared because this world should be, should be nothing to me. Why do I need moments? Why do I have to sit around like these reset times, these checking in times, to come and like activate me again, and to and to get this get the fire going again, like like pressing that thing on the grill. Or on the oven top, on the stove top. Wow, what do you call that thing? You know, the button. Why do you have? Why do I, why do I need that? If if I was for real, I I wouldn't need such a thing. I wouldn't need such a thing. That's what he's saying. It would it would just be there. Palatsuti vaateni. I'm 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 mevuat. I'm completely frightened by the fact that I have to keep on checking in. I have to keep on starting from scratch. So interesting. Ribono Olam, look how he's talking to God now. Master of the world, mitiare ani. I'm 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 scared. Who knows what my soul and the root of my soul is all about? I don't know, he's saying. Ki echze efshar shebeshiratan evarai lo yitrasku 
How could it be that when I'm singing to you, how could it be that my actual limbs don't completely fall apart? And how could it be that it doesn't go up in flames? That's what he's wondering. Imagine this, this the PSS Nerev is wondering. How could it be that I'm not going up in flames when I sing to you? It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It's funny, huh? Each of us on our issues. This is the issue of the Piyasetz Nerevi. How could it be that my limbs don't completely fall apart when I'm singing to you, Yibon Shneilam? Truth is, there's a, there's a tire in the Baal Shem Tov, in the Sefer Amud Atfila, that's this whole parish on Pashas Noach, where he has a whole parish on Davening, where the Baal Shem Tov says it's, the truth is, is that it's a pele that people remain alive after Tfila, that they actually can stay physically alive that's what the uh, the the the, the Baal Shem Tov says. Like if you have a moment of being zoned in like you should, and it's happening and the game is on, you you really more or less are meeting the place that Am Yisrael was at when they stood at Har Sinai, and they 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 also begged they begged Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, please tell him to stop. We can't continue being in this world. So the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov says it's really a pele that Yidin are bichlal able to, to continue to function and exist on any level after tefillah. Well, he's wondering the same thing. We're in the bottom middle of this paragraph. Make kits near damim. The one who awakens those who are shlufing. Wake up my soul. Now, Yechidasi, we know, is the highest level of soul, right? Yechida. Nefesh Ruch Neshama Chaya Yechida. I don't know what that means. I just know it's the highest level of soul. He's saying, wake up that place. Wake up that place that's connected to the beyond of the beyond. Wake it up. Uri, and then now he goes to his, now he starts talking to himself, to his own Neshama. Uri Yechidati. Wake up, my Yechida. Bamarom lakel ram venisa. Wake up to Hashem. Wake up. His nishmasi, my soul. Wake up. Time to get up from the shluf. Wake up. It's unbelievable. Kachu also yisbarach hanigle kokach lifnechen. He's talking to the part of his soul that's not disconnected at all from godliness. And he says, wake up and sanctify God, who before you is completely revealed. And yet, but it's so, he's so concealed from our eyes. <laughs> this, is a, this is wild. The P.S.S. Nerebi is addressing the highest state of soul that's in him. And he's saying, my soul of souls, my Yechida, before you, it's clear, right? You see what, what the lower part of me doesn't see. So, please, please, on my behalf, on our behalf, sanctify that which you see crystal clear before you, which is concealed from my eyes. This is not personal, this is not character disorder. This is, this is someone that's very aware of the different faculties that a Yid has to work with. Afruchi, fourth line from the bottom of this paragraph. Afruchi v'nafshi gashu v'rashu. My nefesh and ruach are shaking and trembling as well. Hit masru kulchem lekadesh oto 
בקדושתו תמיד בלי הפסק. Give yourselves over to constantly sanctifying Hashem in His, in his everlasting Kedusha. Ad lanetzach et hanetzach takdishu. Forever, it's, it's great we're learning this the week of Netzach. Forever and ever and ever you shall, you shall, sanct, you shall give yourself over to the Kedusha of Hashem. And then he says, maybe he's talking now back to Hashem again. Gam gufi kol od gargar chol mimeno yishair lo yichsheh. As long as my body, as long as my physicality is still remaining like a, a grain of, uh, of, of, of sand, there's, as long as there's anything at all left of me, it won't be silent. And it will, it will proclaim the greatness of Hashem. Umilachriz. And it'll speak about the greatness of God. Kulam Yachad. Everyone together. Now I think he means all parts of his soul together. Kulam Yachad. The Nefesh, the Ruach, the Neshama, the Chaya, the Yechida. All elements of me together. Yeshoreru, Liromemu. They will sing to you and they praise you. Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Hashem Tzavakos, all parts of me, all parts of me will, will gather together, there'll be an achdus of all the parts of my neshama, and they will sing to you, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzavakos. You know, Chavar, let's face it, with which level of our soul do we usually uh, interact? Which, with, with, with which level of our soul are we usually uh, in touch with? Are we usually speaking to? Are we usually engaged with? On a good day, it's nefesh. <laughs> On a good day, we're, we're tapping into the lowest part, right? So here we're getting a glimpse into the tzaddik. He's, 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 this, is, this is a wild thing. He's, he's addressing every part. Every part. It's unbelievable. Now he continues. Okay, look how he says now. Ana Hashem. Please, Hashem, understand me. Lo et sipurei ma'asecha asher atzmu misaper rotze ani ata lehagid. I'm not trying to tell stories about you. I'm not trying to speak of you because as, as if I understand how great you are. I'm not pretending that that's me. Let, I'm, I'm trying to try to be as honest as possible. Second line, Who is the person who has his own limitations is going to try to describe that which is limitless and that which is infinite. This is like beyond man's capability, man's capacity. In the, this is a little bit hard, but in, in light, in meaning for the, for the eternal and infinite one who created anything, it's considered wondrous that a man can even attempt to describe who the Ribbon Shleilam is and what we feel about him. So Ribbon Shleilam, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to try to add titles from how wondrous and great you are. Please, as if I could do any of that. Ki ha'im adame elokai avi umalki 
לעבדיך צדיקיך הגדולים מאז, I'm gonna imagine myself, my master, my king, I'm gonna compare myself to your real צדיקים, to your עבדים, to your נביאים. Now, this is important, this is something important I learned from my Rebbe, he says, he says regarding the way the, the Piyasets Nerebbe thought, he saw the Tzadikim, the Piyasets saw the Tzadikim continuing the Avoda of the Nevi'im. He didn't call them Nevi'im, but whatever the Avoda of the Nevi'im were, was, the Piyasets felt that Tzadikim were the ones that were to continue and were continuing the avoda of the of the Nevi'im. And this is very, very important. This is a very important cloud. Let's understand what the Nevi'im used to do. This is very, very cool. Asher migodel kirvatam el zoharcha hapashut Because they were so close to your simple splendor, ואל קדושת אורך הממלא וסובב כאחת. You know, when we say, God, you are ממלא and סובב, you are both surrounding and you're fully encompassing. We know that's a great nigun that Michal Shapiro wrote, the Zusha covered, that's, that's all good, but like, למעשה, what, what, what does that mean? For the tzaddikim, they are, they are very close to whatever that concept means. A person that's close to the concept of God filling all worlds and surrounding all worlds, he produces something extravagant, which is a word I don't think I ever used in a shir or in a conversation, but that's actually what came to mind right now. They're producing something so illustrious that I want to discuss for a second. You know, when your mom is close... Whatever that means. You, what comes out of you are things you could have never planned. The person you become is not someone that actually worked up in, you know, it was your, it was your plan. I'm going to become a person like this and this is what I'm going to look like and this is what I'm going to feel like. It's not that. When the character refinements are so worked on all the time, nonstop, what starts pouring out of you is something that you could have never imagined. But it's not just what's pouring out of you, it's what's transpiring, it's what's actually happening inside of you as well. And that you can't even speak about. I, I bless us all with spiritual moments that are impossible to give over to anybody. Not because uh, you should stay humble and... and, 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 and you know, not share your lofty moments, but more more a sense of that it's impossible to explain. I don't really know how to explain this myself. Let's let's, let's try to continue to understand that he's talking about Avadecha Tzadikecha Gdolim, your great Tzadikim from ever. Migodel Kirvatam, again, the second to bottom line, from, they were so close, they were so close, they were so close to these concepts of that you're on the one hand surrounding us and on the other hand inside of us. Tzimtzum shel havdala lo ra'u. They did not see Tzimtzum. Of separation. 
This is, this is really important. Let's just get the text straight. This is really, really important. They did not see separation. What they saw in front of them, they didn't have to work hard to understand where is Hashem in this. The tsura, the physical shapes that they saw in front of them was just God. And in this world, this low world of Olam Asiya, they looked into our eyes, they looked into their eyes. What did they see? They just, what did they see and what did they live in? They lived in Atsilus. This is the place they lived in. Now this is very, this is like, tremendously helpful to understand or to the best of our ability like what does it mean emuna tzaddikim what does it mean that we have emuna in tzaddikim the way a tzaddik operates in this world is is in a manner of what he sees like you can be looking at the same thing physically as the tzaddik and see two completely different things you can sing the same nigun of a tzad- that a tzaddik is singing, and you can be singing two completely different songs. You can be saying the same words of tefillah as the tzaddik, and your experience can be completely different. We know that's true about every uh, you know, two individuals, but let's talk about Chomer. Okay? Let's talk about Chomer, the famous story of the Alter Rebbe, that towards the end of life, whenever he looked at, there's a story about him looking at the beams the the ceiling in a, in a room that he was that he that he was living in, and he he didn't see the beams anymore. He saw letters that gave a kiyum to the beams. Remember how we were learning in Shari Yichud Vayemuna uh, when we were learning a few years ago that every single thing that has a life force in this world, this thing, um, you know, our our the the Amalek gadgets, everything that we have in our lives. That, that is made out of Chomer, so the, it only exists because there's a Tseiruf Otiyot, there's a combination of letters which gives it Chiyas, which gives it Kiyum. It's not the time now to go into it because we'll be, we're just going to go out completely off track. But to us it just seems like a bowl. That's all this looks like, right? Just, just, just like a bowl. But the tzaddik looks at this and he sees the letters which compose the word bowl in Hebrew, ke'ara, and he sees how it gives it chiyus to the world. Thus the Nevi'im were able to be misnabe, they were able to prophesy due to this internal vision that they had. And it's a, because what they saw in front of them, they didn't need a mashal in order to understand a nimshal. Nothing was a mashal. Everything was a nimshal. There's a footnote on the bottom that explains this uh, in great depth that I, I, I don't want to do inside, but I just tell you outside. Again, like the smaller, a, a, a child that needs to understand something in Torah, we know that a great teacher has to come up with really important parables in order to bring it down to the concept of the child, and then hopefully then he'll be able to... Um, lift him back up and say, oh, by the way, what I just explained to you right now, my kid, this is what it really means, right? But that's, that's true about us also when we're older. Like, oh, what does this mean that he said this to me? Or 
what is that? Why, why am I seeing this right now? What am I looking at right now? By the tzaddikim, what they're looking at all the time is the nimshal, not the mashal. They're constantly looking. I guess, I know mashal means parable, but how would you say nimshal in Hebrew, in, in, in English, in one word? How do you say nimshal? Unmute yourself or, or say it in the chat. What's that? Allegory. Allegory, thank you. By the by the tzaddikim, by the tzaddikim, the whole thing is allegory. It's not I have to read a story, read the signs, and then I'll figure things out. It's bichlal, bichlal, not like that. What they see in front of them. They don't have to work through. Maybe like this is what the Alter Rebbe meant that, that when a tzaddik says Asher Kiddushanu beMitzvosav betzivanu al netilas yadaim, while the tzaddik is is pouring his water over his hands, he can actually sense the Kiddushanu beMitzvosav. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know how many times this morning we said the words Asher Kiddushanu beMitzvosav. You know how many times today we're going to say, Asher Kiddushanu Mitzvosav? And yet Gullus puts us in a state of, I, I, I barely even feel it, that it's actually happening. I believe it's happening to my, to my soul. But do I really feel ever, Asher Kiddushanu Mitzvosav? I have to work through all these parables, these mashalim, to kind of get there. The PSS Rebbe says, the real tzaddikim? Hatsura leyotzra dinu. It's amazing that lashon, the the shape of the form that they saw in this world, where they were able to constantly bring it, not not even bring it for them. They were looking at their bonishleinim, even in this world, olam the all of them was able to always be in that place. Okay, I know there's a lot more we can say on this. I want to continue. With this greatness of their holiness. Pieces of this world, whatever that means. For holy people, I mean, this, this reminds me very much about castaway stones. For, for people that don't understand the preciousness and the value of certain things, he's saying over here, they cast them away. But when it's in the hands of holy people, they really are valued as, as avanim tavot. You know, a tzaddik, remember, remember the Lubavitch Rebbe was asked, how could you stand online for hours and hours and hours and hours on Sunday? And just see person after person, dollar after dollar. Like, how could that be? And he said, you know, when a person counts his diamonds, he never gets tired, right? The tzaddik looks at us and he sees the nefesh elokis. He sees an even tova. He sees, he sees a precious gem. That's what he sees. And what does he do with it? Benezer kochecha kavu. He's koveah it, he, he, he fixes it, he puts us, he puts the avanim tovot into the crown of your 
of your holiness. And he glorifies in the crown of your kingdom. And they were able from the from the glory of your kingdom to bring down to the world Mamish Lapide Lahav, which means torches of fire, with all the brightest and most fine light that they that, that exists in the world. They brought it down to the world. Uvakol Min Ha'ain Ve'ad Hayesh Min Ha'olam Ve'ad Ha'olam Et Ziv Tif Artecha Ra'u The Tzadikim, the Nevi'im They saw what they saw as much as possible. And when they saw what they saw as much as they were able to see Beto'arei Hotcha Shibchucha They were able to praise you with proper, as proper as it can be with proper praises of your glory. And they were able to praise you with, we say the Hadar Geon Uzecha, we say that by Rosh Yom Kippur, by the, by the uh, genius pride of your strength. Like the, all of them is just, is just the praise and singing to you, Hashem. They were that they themselves were a manifestation and a spreading of your great holiness, your great Hadar. It's amazing that the Rebbe is speaking about other people, when to us, the, nothing can be a closer a self-description of the Piyasetz Rebbe than these words, and yet he's referring to those people, the Nevim, the Tzadikim. They were basically a, an outstretched arm of yours. The darkness of the people around them, they were able to enlighten with the light of God. As much as they were able to give shevach to what they saw doesn't come close to the experience that they were actually feeling inside. That's why I said before that as much as you're able to explain a high moment, that's beautiful. But there's got to be a place that's untouchable, meaning that you cannot give over in words. So the Piyasetz Nareba, I think what he's saying over here is even though they were able to, to speak to people about how precious they are and how great God is, while they were speaking about that and bringing light onto the people stuck in dark, inside, they're completely mizdazim, they're shooken up to high heavens. That's why sometimes, like, even, like, I'm trying to think of how, who this happened by, but if you've ever been in, been in conversation with someone very, very holy, someone very esteemed, and they're speaking to you very much of these world concepts, you ever see that while they're smiling, there's something going on in their eyes that's in utter awe at that moment from what's happening upstairs? And it's happening simultaneously. It's happening simultaneously. Kevan, fourth line from the bottom. Kevan shenevi'einu v'tzadikeinu gam betoare kodesh gam besipur v'halel lo remazim v'lo meshalim 
לא סיפורים ולא מושגי נפלאות הגידו. Our נביאים and our צדיקים, with all the תוארי קודש, with all the... the um, Shem Tor. Eli, how do you say for guy? I forgot right now. The Tor? Uh, unmute yourself or type it in the chat. <laughs> You're not able to. Okay, that's fine. Shame Torah means to explain something, to give an illustration. Um, this is probably torture for you, Eli, huh? <laughs> for all of us. Um, he's saying they were able to use all these words and tell stories and praise you, but it wasn't just rem- it wasn't remuzzing, it wasn't hints or parables. It wasn't stories about you or musageni flaoti gidu. כי בגודל קדושתם, the greatness of their holiness, ובגדלות רמותם, למעלה מן ההבדל. למעלה מן ההבדל, מן העולם ועד העולם. רק פריסת לבוש מלכות עילאה ראו. All they saw, the tzadikim. פריסת, you know, פריסה, לפרוס לחם means to slice up bread, right? They saw a slice of the garment of royalty, of the Malchut. That's all they saw. So for them, they don't have to work really hard in explaining to themselves what that means because they saw it right in front of them. You know, for us living in Eretz Yisrael, it's very important that we, get, that we really work on ourselves for many reasons. But one of the main reasons I feel is that the Malchut of Hashem Bezrat Hashem, one day, Bayom Ba'u Yeshem Lemelech Al Kol Ha'aretz. But until that day happens, we must be the most incredible shluchim of the Prisat Levush Malchut that's happening in front of our eyes here in Eretz Yisrael. And we, we, we shouldn't have to use too many parables to explain what that exactly means. But it's something that Bezrat Hashem It's in front of our eyes. See, in Galas, to be able to say, oh, this is what Hashem is Baruch, it's, it's almost impossible. Here, as almost impossible as it is, you have much more access to that place of being able to see in front of you what actually is. What actually is. That was the Nevi'im, that's why the Nevu'ah, there's no Nevu'ah in Galas, that's exactly what Eretz Yisrael is all about. To see things as close to what they are. Okay, just we'll learn a few more minutes. V'chi'ein davar zulat. Next page. Uh, you can change the, turn the page. V'chi'ein davar zulat. I don't have the fourth page. So sorry. Wow, we, we, we did much more than I thought. One second. Hmm, okay, so we're gonna have to stop here. I didn't even I don't even uh, have it uh, copied. Okay, we'll, we'll stop we'll stop right over here and Bezrat Hashem by next time we'll also 
do a little bit of a chazar of what we just did right now, but ju- just to kind of like, you know, gra- grab ourselves for a second and try to understand what the Rebbe, the Rebbe is saying. The Rebbe is doubting his, 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 it seems like he's doubting his spiritual status. He's not sure if anything that he's feeling is be'emet for real because so far he's under the assumption that if it was for real, then what, what happened to him is that he would be and think and, and act like a Navi and a Tzaddik. Based on his, what seems here, limited perception of how they act. But the, the point over well, here... I got the fourth page. Go send me the fourth page if you want me to bring it up. Yeah, please. Just do a few more lines. Thank you. That's all they were busy doing. Seeing and being with what was in front of them, with what they could see. And they were able to praise Hashem always because that's what was right in front of them. Va'anu, banenu, v'chol dorotenu, us, our children, in all of our generations, rak al smach kavanot kotsham et shmoid barach, bahem mefaarim mekachim umaritzim. What are we working on? What are we working based on? We have emuna in what they saw and in what they felt and in what they praised. But the point that we're going to see is, is that even if I don't see what they saw, even if I don't have in front of me the vision of what they have, should that mean that it's impossible for me to be holy, to feel holy, to be on fire? And that's the question that we're going to address next time. All right? Dov, thank you very much. And uh, tomorrow morning we have Rav Kook and Chevron, but we'll continue this Bezrat Hashem on Sunday. Have a wonderful day, Chevron.